Halloween. The only holiday where you get random children dressed in overpriced costumes banging on your front door in high demand of candy and cash. And if you don't give up the good stuff, your house gets covered in eggs and toilet paper. The only redeeming factor about this holiday is the booze, which is exactly where I'm heading. My friend Pete has this party every year with the exact same slogan, Bring alcohol or don't come at all. Which in fairness works every time. We normally have enough booze to last us a whole year. I can't believe you're going as a vampire. How boring, my sister Ashley tells me as I come down from my room, my red kit pouring down the stairs behind me. Do I care? They're awesome, I replied. Except those twilight ones, they're just weird and wrong. I adjusted a fang in the mirror and grabbed my black rucksack, filled with vodka and Jack Daniels bottles. I'll be back Sunday. See ya! I heard her mumble something suspiciously akin to alcoholic as I shut the front door behind me. She doesn't understand. She's only twelve. It's a typical Halloween night. The trees down my street stand bare and shriveled, without their leaves to keep them warm. They are vulnerable to the upcoming winter. Children all around are sprinting this way and that, hunting for their next bit of chocolate, dressed as miniature werewolves, kittens and the occasional superhero. I'm at the end of the road, just about to turn right down another crammed street, when my cell rings. It's Pete. I carry on walking. I answer. What? Where are you? The line is struggling, but I can tell he's tipsy. End of my street. I'll be there in twenty. That's too long. Cut through the cemetery. And wait for an axe murderer to leap in and sever my beautiful head off. Pete is laughing. You're killing me, Josh. Now stop being such a... There's a pause on his end. I hear him shout at his little sister. I walk a little quicker, trying to keep warm, while I wait for him to come back on the line. It's cold now. I didn't feel it much before. Now it's becoming hard to stop my teeth clattering. He comes back, breathless. But seriously, dude, go into that cemetery, step over the dead and come to my party. I roll my eyes. You're despicable. They wouldn't have wanted to be buried if they didn't want people walking over them. Bro, come on, it knocks ten minutes off. Fine, fine, but if I'm killed, you're the first I'm coming to haunt. I can hear his smirk. I'll have my Dyson ready. The phone line goes dead and I don't register a beam of light coming my way. It's not until the horn sounds loud and too close that I manage to jump out of the road and onto the sidewalk. I hadn't realised. It takes me a few tries to jump over the wall leading into the cemetery. The gate is always locked at night to stop vandalism and the occasional robbery. I felt like a superhero running towards the wall, that nothing could stand in my way. I was invincible. My legs decided otherwise, and the last second, they refused to jump with the rest of my body, my brain yelling, Bill! Bill! But it was too late. I ran straight into it, with enough power to send me flying back, landing flat on my ass. The second time, I nearly lost my fingernails. Finally, I got lucky, managed to bring my legs up quickly and throw myself over, landing ever so gracefully on my back. People really underestimate cemeteries. During the day, they're hauntingly beautiful. Like you know what happens there, but you choose to ignore it. 
There is just something so captivating about them, especially in fall and winter. People in our town just can't seem to get enough. At night, when I look out of my bedroom window, I can just see it, and no matter how many times I can look, I can always draw it differently. I often tell myself that I would come out here during the night and get a new perspective. But now that I'm here, cautiously walking along the path, jumping at any sound, I think I'll take a rain check on that camping idea. My adrenaline rushes as I pass a particularly spooky part, a mini forest which screams zombies and your worst nightmares. I can't help run past, the hairs on my neck standing straight. That's when I screamed the manliest high-pitched scream imaginable. My ankle got caught in something, and with a twang, I shot upside down, my head connecting with the floor before I was dangling with my feet in the air. How did I miss this? A stupid bloody trap probably set by young and stupid kids. There's a rustle to the left of me, and all I can imagine is Michael Myers coming out to kill me. But it's just a regular man. Actually, a bald and smelly man. I cover my nose, the garlic making me gag. The guy looked up and down, scratching his stubbly beard. He laughed. Thought I caught me a girl. I'm not a girl. But the man just ignored me, outstretched a long crooked finger and with one shove had me gently swinging as his eyes roamed me. He started to poke me, firstly on my stomach and then moving onto my back. He then ripped my very expensive cloak from around my neck, cutting the airflow for a few seconds. He inspects my cloak intently. When he spots my bag, he smiles, the kind of smile that could scare the toughest of men. What kind of devilish tools have you got here with you, eh? Alcohol? He unzips my bag and throws my precious booze out of it, a few bottles smashing. He carries on rooting as I grow more and more agitated above him. Hey! Hey, stop that! My blood is rushing to my head. I cough and then choke on something. Managing to spit it from my mouth, I groan in realisation. What's that? he asks. One of my fangs. He practically dives on it, rotating it in his fingers, and he inspects it. Be careful with that! It cost me $25! I'll... Ew, don't sniff it! His fingers are in my mouth before I enclose my mouth. I try to talk to him, but it comes out in an inaudible mumble. He yanks out my second fang, growls and throws them behind him and grabs my head, staring at me intently. You're a human. Of course I am, you freak. He walks off to a nearby tree and within a second I flew to the ground, the breath being knocked from my body. He towers over me. Hell you doing in here, boy? I have work to do. I gobbed at him. I'm going to a party. This is a shortcut. He grabs me by the scuff of my shirt, lifts me up so our noses are touching and throws me back. I almost fall, catching myself before I could. Get out. Trust me, I am. I chuck the booze that isn't broken back into my bag, salvaging as much as I can. I shove the cape in there as well, wanting to push as much distance as I can between this freak show and myself. I'm running, my legs obviously keen to get away. I glance back. He's watching me. And then the floor disappears from under my feet and I disappear, earth swallowing me whole. I come around, blinking away the darkness, every part of me aching. I wanted my bed. 
I wanted to be in my house, slouching on the couch with a marathon of horror films to occupy my night. I knew walking through that cemetery was a bad idea. It smelled damp. The foul smell attacking my nostrils and in an attempt to cover my nose, my hands fall short. I can't move them past my hips. Where am I? A light nearby shines on my face. The sudden change from dark to light blinds me. Look! The boy is awake! Someone hisses nearby. I try my best to look around the room I am bound in. It looks like a catacomb. Honestly, didn't even know these existed in our town. It wasn't until I turned my head away from the two figures when I screamed. A skeleton's head faced me. But it wasn't just one. It was a wall made entirely out of them. There must be over a hundred. Tears stream from my eyes and I fight to get out of these ties. It's no use. Then there are hands on me. Ice-cold fingers press against my neck and I jolt as far as I can to get away, which isn't very far. The woman who is breathtakingly beautiful has long auburn hair and piercing blue eyes. What's your name? She asks me. Joshua, I reply instantly. Well, Joshua, do you want to tell me how you got in here? I gulp and say, I'm not even sure myself. One second I'm trapped in some idiot's booby trap and the next thing I know I seem to disappear. Here. The woman raises a perfectly shaped eyebrow and motions to her friend. He's butch and tall, not someone you'd want to cross in a dark alley. You know what we do with intruders? The girl asked. I shook my head, already guessing the answer. The male revealed a knife hidden in his jacket and winced. Please, don't, I, I'm sorry, let me go, don't, don't kill me, please. The female pouts. We don't like guests and we are very hungry. That's when I noticed. Fangs forced themselves out of her gums and looked very real. My eyes never left the woman's as she drew closer. Then she stopped, her face wrinkling. Garlic, she says. Thank God. Why do you smell of garlic? My mouth goes dry. Answer me. The, the the guy whose trap I fell into, he, he stunk of it, I said. A smile forms on her face, predatory dangerous. Steve, I think our friend here has earned himself a drink. She stands up and turns, slapping the knife from his hands. Steve nods and leaves the room. The ropes are broken in one quick movement and I am liberated. She holds out her hand and I gingerly take it, not trusting myself to speak. Roberta, she says, my sincerest apologies about before. It's okay, it's not every day you're threatened by a, 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 a vampire. Yeah, that, I say. She smiles and I notice her fangs have gone. What is Pete going to say? So, Joshua, tell me about this garlic man. What does he look like? She sits down beside me. It was dark. I, I didn't get to see much, I see it. Bald, fat and religious by the looks of it. Roberta nods. Where was he? I point up. There in the cemetery. Steve comes back in the room and I cautiously take the cup out of his hand. It's red and looks suspiciously like blood. I'm sat in a room with two vampires. Roberta looks at Steve. We may have a proposition for you, Joshua. 
one that might just save your life. I cautiously walk around the cemetery again, eyes locked down. I refuse to be caught a second time by this creep. This place is eerie and apparently vampires inhabit it. If vampires are real, what else is? He's got to be around here somewhere. The sooner I get this over with, the better. I'm being smarter this time, using my iPhone as a torch, skillfully avoiding tombstones as I walk. Stupid holiday. Stupid vampires not being able to come near stupid hunter. Stupid Pete for throwing a stupid party. I'd be careful, boy, with who you call stupid. He's behind me, looking greasy and piggish. This is the guy who's killed at least 40 of their clan, and I thought vampire hunters were supposed to be physically healthy. How much do you know about these vampires? What lies have they told you? I feel braver than I probably am. That every Halloween they come back to life for one day as what they were when they died. So vampires aren't the only things. Ghosts, werewolves, the whole package, really, I see. Then there's people like you, the hunters. You live for this one deer, catch them out and kill them. He nods, impressed. I could kill you right now. It's only... He checks his watch. 11.30. Next year you'd be back as a vampire with your little friends. You won't kill me. Why not, he asks. Because you're fat and slow. I run, knowing fully well that he's chasing me. I can hear his panting breath behind me. The only issue now is I can't fully see where I'm going. My torch is going all over the place. I see it suddenly before me and just manage to skid to a halt to stop falling inside. I'm sweating. This costume isn't meant for high-speed chase through a cemetery. A body connects with mine, sending us both crashing into the catacomb. His hands are around my neck straight away and I'm clawing at his arms to get away. His grip loosens when he realises where he is. You idiot! he yells before the vampires attack. There's more than I realised. Just under fifty, all eager to see him die. They pull him off me and tear anything harmful from him. You're going to drink him when he's covered in garlic? I asked, still lying on the floor as Roberta stood over me. She shook her head. I want to see him burn. It dawns on me then. I've sentenced a guy to death. The thought makes me queasy. You're free to go, Joshua. Thank you for all your help. You've made it a lot safer for us. Once again, she helps me up. I didn't even know his name. Rock-like hands grab my upper arm as Roberta glares at me. You helped a clan of vampires get rid of a major threat. Either he died or you did. Now go. It's the first time I've managed to check my phone since everything happened. Two missed calls from Pete. I'm too worn and freaked out to face his drunkenness. My phone says it's 11.50. Ten more minutes until these vampires disappear for another year. That's when I notice it. Not it, but me. It's me, lying in the road, my arms bent in unnatural positions. My phone lies away from me, cracked and unusable. How are you feeling? Roberta, what, what's going on? I ask, kneeling down next to my body. 
You died the second the bus hit you, she replied, standing next to me, putting an awkward hand on my shoulder. But the hunter, he saw me, I can't be dead. Joshua, think, she tells me. I'm a vampire now? She nods. But you told me it was either me or him. We needed the hunter killed and you're recently deceased. His weapons wouldn't have affected you. You helped us. You helped yourself. I stand, throwing her hand away from me. It's one hunter down, Joshua. One less we have to worry about, she tells me, her eyes flashing to the sky and back, so quickly a human would have missed it. I'm not a human anymore, though. Am I? Welcome to the family. Happy Halloween, kid. And then she's gone. I glance once more at my body. I'll never get to see Ashley and Pete again, or my mum or dad. My watch changes, signalling a new day, and I turn into nothing more than a pile of ash on the floor.